Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast we're seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We are also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, and today we are joined, and I'm also joined by my co-host, John LeBron. Today we are joined by our special guest, Jonad Iqbal. Put those hands together, put those clap emojis in the comment section for our special guest. He has joined us today to have a conversation of why a college degree does not define your success. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. He's on here because he helps those without college degrees find meaningful jobs that pay well. He is the founder of NoDegree.com. He is also the host of the No Degree podcast, where he interviews those without college degrees and shares their stories. Today, he has joined us right here on the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited today. Thank you so much, man. Well, let's just jump right into the conversation. This is very interesting, and I think uh, a lot of people have a lot of opinions around college and maybe some myths that we may think that are true, and I think that we can just dig through those uh, tonight in this conversation. I think, uh, Janaya, the first question I want to ask you, um, because we're talking about this whole topic of college and it not defining your success, were you a college participant? Did you go to college? Man, you have to start off with the heavy hitting and expose me. So <laughs> I unfortunately have a master's degree from Columbia University. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Columbia. So I, I was an active participant. I was actually a good student. So you're too. a smart guy because everybody yeah. can't get into Columbia. No, so look, I'm, now that's where I'm going to counter you. Okay. I'm, I think smart has a big definition, right? So mm, I'm... Okay good at academics and I was good enough in that route to get into Columbia. Because so you're a smart The thing is no, I don't know no, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's more that like a mechanic that knows how to fix every car that walks mm-hmm. into his shop. No, I got can, I got you. You know, he's also you. a smart guy or a yeah. girl that knows how to read people, you know, in certain right. situations. Right. Like there's so many types of smart. So yeah, I'm right. academically smart to get into good colleges. That, yes. That's what yeah. I'm referring to. Academically mm-hmm. yeah. smart. If you want me to let me say it that way, academically smart to get into Columbia. You had the grades, you had yeah. the necessary academia smarts to get into Columbia. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so how then did you start this whole concept of no degree when people would be like, wait a minute, you have a master's degree. How do yeah. we get to no degree? So look, I'll tell you, uh, you know, a big thing is I sort of had to go to college. Like my parents as immigrant parents, like they would be, mm-hmm. they, even the other day, my mom's like, oh, people with degrees don't do what you do. Like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. I just ignore <laughs> my parents, you know, when it comes to that. But I, when I was in grad school, April 2014, I came across a thread on Reddit. People asked, for those of you without a college degree who make over six figures, what do you do and how'd you get the job? And it was jobs like, I'm a forklift operator, I'm a surveyor, I'm a like recruiter, I'm a claims adjuster. And people don't grow up saying, I wanna grow up and be a claims adjuster, right? People don't do that. People don't grow up and say, hey, I wanna be a land surveyor. And they asked them, when they answered how they got the job, it was like my uncle, my cousin, my friend. And then as I started doing more research, I was like, oh, you know what? There are plenty of jobs that don't require college degrees. It's just, you have to really know that field and you have to be strategic about it. And then I bought the domain and the rest was easy. Now I was in grad school and I got an internship at the time. And I come from like a 
like a poor family so i kind of like needed the job kind of thing so i was already like almost done with grad school so that's kind of why if it was like if i found out at a different time i would have gone differently but also going through school like school always sort of came easy like first two years i did okay in school but after like the second third grade i did really well in school like it was like you know I, it, me it was like me i was either gonna be at the top or top three right and I knew kids that would study harder, harder than me, longer than me. But, you know, I studied half the time and great. But that's how it is. Like, you know, just like that one kid in football, like you, you work out all day and this kid just like works out like what's the week, eats whatever he wants and he'll dust you. You know, it's just how it is. Some people are just better at certain things. And then when I went to Columbia, what I saw is the kids were very wealthy. Like I'm talking about like I had a, a friend, his dad was paying $5,000 a month rent for him, was paying like $5,000 a month rent for his brother to go to school. And my, money wasn't, he didn't have to worry. So these kids always had tutors. They had access. Like my girlfriend went to school with someone. When the person graduated the program, the fire, the father created a company, hired a CEO, made him a director. So Lord. these, these kids had like, you know, that company's about to fail. <laughs> and he hired a comfort CEO. And then I saw in, even in my high school, like someone paid like, uh, one of the parents paid like $6,000 for someone to help them with their essay. So a lot of times these Ivy League mm. kids, they have tremendous tutors. They have like everything they do. Like I, I know like someone, they have like a fencing coach. They have this type of coach. They have this. So it's literally like, it's like you have so much money invested in you every year. Like the parents are investing 20 to 50 K. It's like, how do you even compete? And then that kind of really showed me like the economic disparity. Like even someone with, you know, who comes from a different background, who does go to college and is smart, it's just hard to compete because at the end of the day, it's like you just have so many other things that kind of weigh you down. Like uh, that's real life, right? These kids don't experience life in the same way. Mm. Wow. So I had saw a study once that was, and um, it's been a while, but it was basically talking about how there's that old adage that people used to say, A students work for B students and a and B students work for the C student who owns the company or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I used to hear those things. And uh, the survey was looking into why do so many straight A slash, uh, what do they call it when you're the top of your class in high school? Valedictorians. Valedictorians get out of high school and then struggle to find a direction. Or they're fine until college, but once they get past that, there seems to be this cutoff. Not 100%, but... Yeah. but I totally get it. I had two valedictorians when I graduated and uh, I don't know what they're doing now. It's been a while, but the first five years out of all the school, they seem to be lost, I guess you could yeah. say. You know what? And so I No, go ahead. Sorry. The, sir, the What they were alluding to was some people are just naturally gifted at sort of the, so school does not necessarily prepare you for life yeah. because mm -hmm. school teaches school. you how to memorize and regurgitate flush yeah. it out, memorize, and do it again. My brother was amazing at it. I was terrible at it. My son is a really good uh, student. And I'm like, oh, no. And so, um, but what? But some people, I'm teasing, but what some people find, though, is when you get into life post-school, that school was so easy. Now they're having to navigate other things yeah. that mm -hmm. can often be difficult. And because there was not a lot of pushback in school, you didn't have to work hard to get your certain yeah. grades and so forth. And uh, that's a, sort of what the study was alluding to. Yeah, no, and you know, that's a big thing. It's that real life is different because real life, 
emotional intelligence plays a factor. Mm. Real life is not a test. And then the thing about being successful is school teaches you like not to fail. Like a bad grade is bad, right? You get in trouble for getting bad grades. Yeah. But in real right. life, you have to fail, right? If you want to be mm. successful at a company, successful yep. in your career, you have to take risks, right? In life, the people who do the best are the people who've sort of taken risks and all that. So that's the other thing. And then like I went to high school that was a competitive high school in New York. It's like one of the top 20 high school in the nation. And we were filled with valedictorian so now it's like a bunch of valedictorians in one place and you know eventually what happens is like the grades are very defined it's very structured like here's how you get an a here's what you need to do but life is not structured at all it's like go out there do it like do you want to drink every night and go to sleep or do you want to work out do you want to do this do you want to eat healthy it's like so many choices and school is a very bubble environment that it's hey you do a couple things and you do them well and you're made for it you can do you can do very well so what would you say to someone who may be in that mindset that hey college is not for me and that's fine what advice would you give them to find their path of success if they're not going to pursue the degree route i would kind of look into what are they interested in and what are they good at and how do they like learning so some people like learning with their hands so so I would recommend if you like learning with your hands, look into something. What do you like building? What are you passionate about? And figure out, okay, and be like smart about it because let's say you're passionate about video games, but most of the time being a game tester is not a very profitable career, right? Mm -hmm. So then you got to like, what do you like about games? Do you like the community aspect? Do you like the marketing aspect? Do you like the problem solving aspect? So you like problem solving. Then from there, it's like, what kind of jobs can you problem solve? And then I would say go out and do different jobs, but you got to figure out like what you like doing. And then I recommend there's like something called the Gallup Strength Finder test. It's like $50. Mm-hmm. I recommend people take that. It's a very good test. And as a career coach, I give it to a lot of my clients. It, it'll kind of give you an idea. Like, are you like an outward facing person? Are you a thinking face face person? Do you like building teams? And then from there, you can really figure out. And then sometimes you just always have to, I would say always keep moving forward, always learn, network, Work on your emotional intelligence. I think that's one thing that if you don't have a degree, your emotional intelligence is something you can 100% use to set yourself apart. Because you could be the smartest person in the room, but if you don't know how to deal with people, you don't know how to deal with toxic people. Because I've seen very smart people, they get into a relationship with a toxic person and all of a sudden life is done. Like I've known millionaires who have like a bad spouse and that's it. They're unhappy. Yes, they may make money, but they're unhappy. So learn emotional intelligence. Learn how to network with people and learn other people but also learn yourself like learn what you're good at learn what you're not good at and i tell people that there are four types of skills skills you're good at that you like doing skills you're good at that you don't like doing skills you're bad at that you like doing and skills you're bad at that you don't like doing a lot of people get jobs and things they're good at that they like doing and these are burnout skills so what happens is they come home and they're super exhausted at the end of the day and they don't want to do anything they don't want to exercise it and I understand. So you ideally want a job that minimizes that and focuses on the things that you're good at that you like doing. And it's going to take time to figure out. Like, it's not like, hey, at 18, you're going to figure it out. It's like you're going to get a job. And you're going to be like, hey, I hated that job, but I like this aspect. And then from there, from your next job, you're going to get bits and pieces. And it's a lifelong journey. Mm. So on that lifelong journey discussion, how many clients do you get that they feel like, okay, I'm 20. I got to figure life out in the next 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> right. And what advice did you have for them going through their 20s? You don't have to figure out life mm-hmm. in your 20s. I, I know people who are just figuring their life out in their 40s and 50s. Now, you don't mm-hmm. want to figure it out and that late. But 
you still have a lot of time. I think a lot of people, they look at, you know, especially social media, they look at, oh, this person's so rich. They, this person has it all. This person has to figure it out. But I come across plenty of people who supposedly, you know, they did it well. They went to a good school. They have a good paying job and they're not happy. And, you know, versus some people who may not have the best life and they're, they're happy. They're like, okay, you know, things will get better. They have a good mindset. So it's about doing a journey and realizing that you have time. I would say it's like, just keep on moving forward, right? That's really what you want to do. You want to keep moving forward. And I tell people, everybody has a different road in life. You may take two years to figure out where you, you know, where you want to go. Some people may take five years. Some people may take six years, but do it your own way. Don't necessarily say I have to do it in 18 months because that's just an artificial timeline. And why 18 months? Why not 17 months? Why not 22 months? Like why 18 months? Why do you have to figure yourself out at 22? It's like grow as a person, you know, get better at certain things and work on your weaknesses. And I, I, if you keep doing that, you'll go pretty far. One of the things that you help people do, I'm sorry, were you about to say something? John? No, you're good. You're good. Okay. One of the, one of the things that you help um, people do is find jobs. Um, what are some things that people can do like resume writing to our brand themselves to present themselves to employers that are looking for candidates, whether they have a degree or not yeah. to market themselves to put themselves in the best position so they can get that job that they are looking for. So it's going to defer by whether they have a lot of experience, mid-level experience or high level experience, right? However, okay. for all candidates, I generally recommend networking and network with people in the field that you want or at the companies mm -hmm. you want and ask for advice. You know, ask for, hey, what kind of skills do I need? What kind of skills stand me apart? And the advice they give, listen to it. So if someone says, hey, these are the things you need to know. Here are the courses you need to take. Go take those courses and kind of get closer to the field. Read books by people in that area. Listen to podcasts made because now it doesn't matter. Your marketing, there's a marketing podcast. There's a sports psychology podcast. There's a psychology podcast. There's a programming podcast. There's so many different ways to learn. The other thing is on a resume aspect, there's something called an ATS, an applicant tracking system. So companies use this because think about it. They get 100 200 applications per job. They have five, 10 jobs. How are you going to keep track on these resumes? Like, mm -hmm. you're not going to keep track of a thousand emails. You're going to go in a system, it's going to look, and you're going to preview uh, the resumes. Now, the thing is, these, now you're going to go, oh, I'm looking for marketing jobs. I'm going to eliminate the, the resumes that don't have marketing at all. Because if you don't have marketing at all in your resume, it's going to be kind of weird, right? If mm -hmm. you're applying for a marketing job. So then they're going to find ways to eliminate because here's the other thing is like 30 to 40% of applicants are international applicants that don't have any chance of getting the job because you have a lot of people who are applying from all over the world hoping to break into the U.S. So all they do is just apply, hoping that, oh, we're going to just bring you over, but mm -hmm. it's not the case. So now the recruiters have to it, – it's a waste of their time to get these people in other countries. So they may look for U.S. They may look for other things, um, you know, eliminate the people who don't – who require sponsorship. Now, you want to keep a simple, clean layout. Um, and if you want to send your – I can give you guys a format that you can send out to your audience. You want to have a simple, clean layout. A resume is a document designed for someone who's only going to look at it for 6 to 10 seconds. If they Ooh. like what they see, they may spend another 20 to 45 seconds. But here's the truth. Most people, even if they interview you, won't read your full resume. I'm pretty sure a lot of you have been on interviews where you're kind of sitting and they're like, oh, so do you have this experience? And it's like, yeah, dude, it's right on my resume. Well, you can't say that because <laughs> you're being interviewed. So you have to kind of realize like, hey, they're not going to read the whole thing. 
you have to make it put your accomplishment make it very easy to read so it's easy to see where you worked at what titles you had and how long you worked at each place and then a few bullet points to kind of show like hey you did xyz and put a lot of numbers like a lot of people i'll see on resumes they'll put sections and they'll put core company they'll put like creative problem solver thinker but it's like and i tell so or like you know expert sales and i'll I, and i asked someone i was like look if are you gonna think this person has leadership because they just put leadership in a box like no, you're not going to think they have leadership. Put uh, talk to, write about times you trained people, write about times you got people promoted, write about times you implemented programs that led to results. You know, give the hard skills and I tell people don't put like fluff. The, you know, people will say like I efficiently did this and I was like, are you going to put you inefficiently did this? Like everything like recruiters see mm. these things all the time to the point that it loses meaning. You just got to keep it simple, easy to read, easy to understand, numbers and accomplishments. So basically, on that resume, take out all the little one words saying that you're a leader and put what you actually did. Like, what have you actually accomplished in your previous jobs or at school? Those types of things. If you increase sales, how much have you increased sales? And what are the dollar amounts? And, you know, if you train people, how many people did you train? If you called people, how many people did you call per day? If you like I had one kid, he got a job at Tesla. He worked at a tire shop. And, you know, people will say, I work in a fast-paced environment. And I say, okay, how do you say that? And then we did the, he worked there six months, and in six months, he changed 10,000 tires. Now, you don't even need to say fast-paced. That's just a lot of tires, yeah. right? So you could tell it's fast-paced. So those are the types of things. And what I talk to a lot of people, a lot of people have accomplished more than they think they have. Because, you know, they do their jobs day to day and they forget, like, every day I'm working with 50 customers a day. So in a week, I'm dealing with 250 customers, thousands of customers a month. You know, did you get customers coming back? Did you get reviews? So all these things really have an impact. And now the other thing is if you're trying to get into a new area, now more than ever, there are online courses that you can take. So it will show, like, hey, I took this online course. I'm really learning. You know, it's about getting in front of them and demonstrating your knowledge. There are projects you can take. Like if you're trying to break into marketing, go approach a local store. Be like, hey, look, I'm, you know, new and hungry. I see that you have a little Instagram page. I'd like to help you create posts for it. Most stores are not going to, they're going to say, okay, cool. Like we're not doing much on it. Do something. And then that's how a lot of people get their start marketing. A lot of people in programming showcase how you you know, showcase a couple projects like, hey, you know what? I built this game. I did this thing on the app. I, I, I've had people with no experience get, you know, program, entry level programming jobs through projects, right? Demonstrate. I created this chess game. I created mm-hmm. this. I have the program and then just network, go into these communities. There's like mm-hmm. discords for like sales. There's discords for this. You know, join these communities, join Facebook groups, do that and you'll get somewhere. So create a portfolio is essentially. Yeah. You are, you know, make, you are a living, breathing portfolio. And so keep on adding things to yourself. So how important is, is it for somebody going through the, when they're going through this process to pay attention to their social media? So look, here's the thing. You don't need a social media because if you look at a lot of people on LinkedIn who work at Google, they're not active at all. Right. Mm -hmm. However, if you don't have a degree, a lot of times you are not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Social media is the easiest way to seriously build connections. Like I built connections like how did I, you know how I met you? I did well on LinkedIn. And then I was like, look, I'm not getting the press I deserve. I, not I deserve that I want. I got to get active on Twitter. And I only have like less than 400. I'm, I'm spending more time on Twitter. And then I met this other guy, Troy. You know, I just somehow we connected and we got on a call. And he was like, yo, you got a good LinkedIn following. I gave him some LinkedIn tips. He gave me some Twitter tips. And that's how I got on this podcast. So you got to think like 
would I, how would I have ever gotten into this podcast had <laughs> I not built up a LinkedIn and then got on Twitter and made the kind of, you know, so these types of things, like it, you, so many things happen when you put yourself out there and social media is like, I've met so many connections. I learned how to write resumes from someone I met on LinkedIn, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've gotten referrals. I've gotten people jobs. I've hired people just through social media. And it's like, and the beauty is during the pandemic, I didn't have to leave. So I didn't have to worry. And then on other days, it's like, I don't even have to ever leave my room. Not that I don't like leaving my room. I'm just saying that it is a very strong flexibility. I don't have to go out and kind of do things. Like I can add so much value just sort of in my office space. What are the, what are some of the disparities that you see between those trying to get a job that do have a degree and those that don't have a degree? So, what are some of those disparities that you see? So people without the degree, oftentimes they're seen as less intelligent. They're seen as less capable. There's like an mm-hmm. assumption that there's a reason why. And people without, without degrees have to prove themselves in some capacity. Like you tell someone, I don't have a degree. They, you have to like prove like, hey, this guy doesn't have a degree, but he's still good, you know? Whereas the college degree graduate has like something, they just have that positive assumption. Now, just realize that that's the initial bias that people have. You can easily get around initial bias by putting yourself out there. And you know, it's funny, like once people know you, they don't care. You know, it's funny, people mm-hmm. assume I don't have a degree and they're surprised that I do. Because again, they think a company, he must not have a degree and, you know, but do these things, put yourself out there, but people don't care, but it never stops people from working with me. Because they'll still work with me. They'll still be like, look, I like you. I like what you're about. I know you can solve the problem that I have. I'll use you. It's like, oh, you do have a degree. Okay. You know, I, I had no idea. So it's that's one thing. The other thing is a lot of times it's also self-inflicted where a lot of people without degrees don't think that they can compete with the people with degrees and they have this doubt. So here's the thing where I tell my job seekers. You can't focus on what you don't have because the universe of what you don't have will always be bigger than what you have mm-hmm. like oh mm. i don't have enough experience right this guy has to there'll always be someone with more experience than you there'll always be someone who has maybe something else that you don't have like oh i have a gap you know the other people don't, don't they don't have a gap how do i compete but the fact is focus on what you do have i you may have a gap but you may have this other unique experience you may not have a degree but you work with xyz you've gotten to this point without degree and how did you do it so focus on what you do have because if you focus on what you don't have you're coming from a position of less power you're not coming from a position of power you got to focus on hey this is me this is who i am i may not have everything but here's what i do have to offer here's why you should hire me excellent how can someone show their strengths then how do they how do you demonstrate that if because to get in the door you're showing a resume yeah. So how can someone get around that? I don't have the same degree as this person, but I, I know that I know marketing better than most. I just didn't get a degree in it, but so I, look, I, I'm a savant in marketing. Yeah. So right. in again, network, I think, look, one thing network is so underrated and mm-hmm. then it's so under, like it's, I see it all the time. Like people don't network and it's like, why you're like really, and I've told people, even like people who are like, like they have like low emotional intelligence, but they networked a little and it got them pretty far. Right. Mm -hmm. It got them like much farther. So networking goes far. The other thing is having a well-formatted resume. I've seen thousands of resumes. A lot of people with degrees, they don't have good resumes. They rely on the fact that they have a degree and they went to the same school and they get across. So if you come across Mm. and you have a good resume that is well-formatted and you highlight your accomplishments properly and you do these things and you're strategic about applications, right, that you have to be smart about how you apply, 
you can get in front of them. And then once you're in front of them, they're just going to be like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize you don't have a degree. Like, you're going to see a lot of people have that. They assume, like, once you do well, they assume you have a degree. And that's kind of like with my company, I want to remove that stigma. Like, the assumption that just because you're smart that you have to have a degree. Mm-hmm. Like, the only assumption should be that it's like if you're smart, hey, you worked hard at it and you did your stuff and you, you care about learning. I think that's the only assumption, not the fact that you had to have a degree. Elon Musk, I think it was, put a post out this week sometime, I believe, and it said that it was alluding to the problem. And it said, uh, 18-year-olds have no problems getting $100,000 in loans to go to school, but it's near impossible for them to get a $20,000 loan to start a business. Yeah. Now, look, I wouldn't give either, you know, Um, because I think, like, people should have to prove themselves. But, yeah, you know, and I think the big issue is parents are the big issues because i look i wouldn't let my first of all parents pay for it like the moment a kid is born they're like i'm gonna save for college and they save for whatever 15 to 20 years and then think about it if you told a business i saved 20 years for your product do you think they're gonna be like yeah we're gonna give you a discount or they're gonna be like you know what i think we should charge you even more right that's what happens right and then what happens is parents have no issue taking out these loans and you know, not understanding because again, parents, unfortunately, some advice they give is good, but times change from the 20 years that you were born and the, you know, when they grew up and they did their things, like it's a different time. Like in the nineties, you can major in music and go work at IBM just because you had a degree. Now it's mm-hmm. like you can major in music and your local band will reject you, you know? So mm-hmm. it's a totally different time. You, you offer personalized career strategy. What, what do you mean by that? I mean, in your own terms, can you kind of define that for us? So I make them take the test. I have, I'm have i a UMAP certified coach, so I have them take the Gallup Strength Finder test. I look at their strengths, and a lot of it's asking questions and really digging deep down. Because you know what the thing is? Like, I was talking to someone the other day, and it's like high school guidance, guidance counselors suck. Like, in terms of <laughs> careers, like high schools, they don't give any, like, Mm-mm. thing. They just, there are only, like, five jobs, like a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and accountant. And maybe, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're going to work a trade because you're a bum or something, right? That's usually the perspective. So, a lot, and a lot of parents are, you know, unfortunately, like, a lot of our parents, they sort of got a job. They're like, hey, I got family to take care of. But your job can be more than that. Like, you can actually be fulfilled by your job. You can actually be good at your job. You can actually sort of like your job, right? So I think that perspective is something that's not really taught. And you may see it online where it's like, hey, do what you love and never work in your life. But you got to somewhat get in the middle where it's like, do something you're good at. You don't have to love it because, you know, also most people, if they had enough money, they wouldn't work. Like, it's just the truth, right? You'd kind of yeah. do something different. But you don't have to, you know, if you're going to do commit to something that you're spending whatever, 30 to 60 hours a week, you should somewhat like it and it should grow you as a person and it should sort of, you know, really teach you a lot of things. So that I kind of sit down and I kind of give them realistic ideas of like, hey, here's how the jobs actually are. Because most people have an idealized version of the jobs that they go for. They just think like, hey, I'm going to work in business and therefore I'm going to be a CEO. And it's like, look, there's a lot of politics in business. There's a lot of like failed things and sales. You're going to get rejected. Um, like, you know, I, garbage men are known for making good money. And I have a my friend's, my business partner's friend is a garbage man. And he's like, look, when he started, he had to go into the thing and there were like maggots in his boots and stuff i mean he's getting paid well but this is like a reality right it's like mm-hmm. there's so many i i can't tell you how many i've heard definitely a decent amount of times where people wanted to you know they went to nursing school they went to whatever and then they realized they don't like blood but it's like 
<laughs> that should be like the first thing like mm-hmm. you know you should have at least shadowed the doctor it should be part of the program that I see so many people that they do these things and the real job is so different than how it was portrayed to be or what they envisioned it to be because they just watch TV. So I think people have to really sit down and kind of do a deep deep dive and sit back. So I'm a proponent of, and this doesn't, most people are not a fan of this, but I'm a proponent of 18 year olds coming out of high school, not jumping into college because you're asking a kid who he's still a kid. I mean, he's an adult legally, but let's be honest. I mean, it's like one day they can basically get no legal trouble, but the next day now you're an adult. Yeah. Don't mess up. You're going to jail. Yeah. And then within the next few months, you need to decide how you want to spend fifty to a hundred thousand bucks to sort of navigate the rest of, or give a direction to the rest of your career. And I just think it's a like I wouldn't. I made. I've switched my degree multiple times. Yeah. And I think a lot of people do. It just adds to the what you spend in school. So I'm an advocate of why don't you give it a few years? Go work yeah. some places. Go travel some places. Just go mess some things up and yeah. see what you'd like to do. And like find out what you're good at, what you love. What what yeah. what what's your hot button? What do you, how do you feel about that? No, I I'm a big proponent of that. Now look, I will encourage some kids to go to school because some kids at 18 know exactly what they want to do and for them it sure. makes sense. Mm-hmm. But again, it's in any system where you go for a one-size-fits-all solution, there are winners and there are mm-hmm. losers. The winners tend to be very well off. If you're 18, know what you want to do. You graduate 22, 23, you have a good job, good. Now, what if you're a loser, then it's like you're six years to graduate. You're, and you're not a loser. You're just a loser under the system. You're six years to graduate. You don't know what you want to do. You hated your major. And it's like take, it doesn't have to be, again, like where that 18-year-old, you said the 20-year-old has 18 months to figure out. Take time to figure yourself out. Work a job, you know. Do these things, do projects, get internships, shatter yourself. See, because a lot of times it's like I've seen people, they're like, hey, I like this job. I could actually do it and I'm happy with it. I can move up. And then, you know, maybe if you do want to go to college, take a class or two. But I think you should always spend some time learning something that could just develop your career and just develop your just emotional maturity. Are you seeing more companies start to forego the degree and just focus on internal training? Yes, more than before. Like, there are actually articles about it. So here's mm-hmm. the thing. It's becoming more common, but it's not as common as it should be mm-hmm. because it's still a bias, and they still have to jump through hoops. But, you know, it's as with anything, first it has to be publicly said, and then it's going to slowly happen because it takes years for this to, to happen because, yes, they publicly did it for PR reasons and this and that, and maybe they wanted to, but here's the thing. You have a bunch of people who work at the company who have degrees where do they recruit oh let's go to my college they don't even know how to recruit someone without a degree where do i go you actually have to go to the nonprofit that helps the local youth and that's going to give you someone but they don't have those connections with the charity they kind of do and they kind of refer their friends who are their friends the kid, people they went to college to so it's like one of those things that it it takes time but now as the people with without degrees get in now they start developing more diversity so it's one of those things and that's one of the things i sort of do is like how do you find this un- this talent right because a lot of time people go for diversity and equity inclusion and they just end up going for oh i'll go to a historic black college right that's where we'll get, we'll get our black students or i'll go to this place or you know we'll get but what ends up happening is you still leave out this demographic of people who never go to college but who are very hard working who just need a chance or who need some guidance or you know who are just never given a chance and then you kind of have to go you have to really go to the nonprofits who help like you know the homeless youth get back to their feet and you know these are people who like you give them a job they're like wow 
uh, this is going to really get me off and really change my life. So you you kind of have to do that. You have to go to these alternate places, like, you know, charities that help, like, women break into technology, right? Because there's always a bias. In everything, there's always a bias, right? Like, tech is very male-dominated. So it's like you have to go to these nonprofits because that's their mission and that's their resources. And they'd, they'd love to have, like, these feeder programs. I think another good option if those people that don't want to get a degree is getting certifications, yes. uh, especially in the technology field. I'm in mm-hmm. IT, uh, John's in cybersecurity. Um, we both have degrees, but if I didn't have a degree, I could get certifications. I can yeah. get C++, I can get Linux. I can get yeah. several things that wouldn't take four years. Yeah, I can just maybe just months. literally three, four week course yeah. mm-hmm. and that would bump my pay up significantly just yeah. from a certification. I mean, and that applies in a lot of different yeah, areas. I love technology because it's like you just show it and it's like, okay, this guy CISSP, mm. right? That's what it right. is. Cybersecurity, he's a certified ethical hacker. They have AWS, mm-hmm. they have Azure, they have Google Cloud. Marketing right. has some certifications. I would recommend like Google Analytics has a certification. Google Ads has a certification. So all these things, that's why I love technology. And you know, it's funny. you. Uh, John works in cybersecurity, and I saw this on Twitter. Actually, it was like, it was like you require degrees in cybersecurity, but the guy who hacked your company doesn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, which is really true. Like, I, I know a decent mm-hmm. amount by cybersecurity, and like these people are on, like online chats and all this stuff. And you know, very a lot true. of times it's very self-taught. Like, how do you learn to hack a credit card machine? You don't learn that in school. You're not mm-hmm. going to be taught by someone in school. You don't know how these work, and you don't know. Yeah. So, from a security perspective, a lot of times things are an art. And you have to sort of be involved in communities and be involved outside. So it's like you really want mm-hmm. to just expose yourself as just many things. I mean, we yeah. live in an information age. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that I've told John, if I don't know how to do something, I'll get I'll yeah. get my little certification off of YU, YouTube yeah, University. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll watch a video. I'll do something and learn a skill just like that yeah. off of online for yeah. free. No, and you know what? You know it's interesting. So I was an actuary. So I got a math degree. I got a you know, and I passed the you know the math exam. So if you realize, I don't use obviously I use like analytics and insight and the way they're thinking. But a lot of times, like my content creation has nothing to do with math, right? The other mm-hmm. things that I'm doing, my networking has nothing to do with math. A lot of things I learned reading books or like there's so much in books and I would recommend like YouTube is good and mm. stuff and all that. But I would recommend people books are a gold mine of information. Like, you Ooh, know, yeah. it's like think about like a documentary that's like 30 hours. That's a book, right? Because, <laughs> you know, books just have so much. And then I've learned a lot just from Reddit comments, um, you know, subreddits forums you know like i've learned so much just from forums and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. they're still a great source like i learned things from random ticket so once you have a learning mindset wherever you go you can honestly learn yeah yeah mm-hmm. absolutely well i heard uh one thought you had on the different areas of working my brother-in-law he he did go to school but he didn't want to work in that he got a three-week certification on building websites dude that's awesome and uh he just hammered it out and then he got he kept he got picked up by one company for I don't know fifty yeah. or sixty grand. Another company asked him to come on instead for a bigger project, made seventy. Another one he makes close to hundred grand a year. Yeah, and he does not use a degree. He just took a three week course and he learned his craft and he's pretty good at it. And he yeah. builds websites, complicated ones like you know racetrack type yeah. things for like horse racing and stuff like that where they got to constantly be moving. But it's what he does, and he makes six-figure income or close to it. I don't know exactly what, 
very respectable income and uh, for the Midwest anyways, where we live. Yeah. And uh, it'd be probably more if he was out in the, another part of the country. But yeah, I mean, look, there's nowadays there's so many and there's so many free and they're paid too. you know, I would recommend sometimes getting a paid course because sometimes having a you know make sure you check your reviews or you know or if you know someone who's done it ask someone who's done the course and you can really have you have a cohort of people because that network is pretty good and then you learn from other people and just do it in a group i think a lot of times doing it in a group helps it become so much easier when you realize hey you're not alone and there are other people that you can reach out to help and yeah youtube is just such a gold mine you know people learn how to fix cars from it people learn it and a lot of times you do it, you have all this knowledge. When you go to an interview, they're going to be like, what? How'd you know that? Like, how'd you know that the 1969 thing has a different door hand? You know, all these things. When they re Like, once you know, like, that level of detail, right? Because you know. they'll, like, really respect your knowledge. They'll see that you actually have the passion. I know we're kind of winding down here, but there's a lot of talk about the great resignation. Yeah. Are you familiar? Yeah, People quitting their jobs at yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible rates. What is your thoughts on that? And one, two, it's a couple parts. Yeah. I think one, there's got means there's got to be plenty of opportunities open for somebody who wants a job. Yes, there but is. then two, my gut feeling on the resignation is most people are wanting to just kind of do something on their own because there's options now that there's never been. Yeah. It's too easy to start something. What is your thoughts? So great resignation is a very complex issue and there are a lot of moving parts and I'll try to digest it in as easily understood. So the pandemic happened, right? Now, you had anywhere from like 700,000 to a million people that died. I mean, you can look at excess deaths. So whatever the cause of that, right? A lot of people died, right? So therefore, they were out of the workforce. Once you're dead, you're out of the workforce, right? So And now, look, a good amount of them were older, but you did lose at least a couple hundred thousand who were working, right? You had a lot. I think it's like one to two million people who retired early. Like, I know a lot of people, mm -hmm. they're close to retirement. Then they're like, look, I'm going to get the unemployment. I'm, I'm done, you know, life. And it changed mentality. People like, there's more to life. Like, people lost loved ones. They're like, look, you know, I'm going to relax. Like, I met people who were like CEOs of companies and they were ready to work forever. And then they're like, you know what? I just want to take two more years and then kind of leave. The other mm -hmm. thing is now with the availability of remote work, daycare is one of the rising costs in this country. It's like super expensive. Now, the thing is, it's like, and I know it's like at least one to two K and it could be even more. So now the thing is, it's like two K, right? And you got to think to pay two K, you got to make like three K pre-tax or let's say like three K pre-tax, mm -hmm. right? So now it's like, do I need to sort of make that money when it's like we could have one person focus on the job? We could move remotely and a lot of people scale down their lifestyles. They're like, hey, mm -hmm. you know what? We're making 200000 but how about we make 120 to 150 We have some savings, but we don't need two cars. We'll go for an older car. We'll kind of scale back that lifestyle. We'll cook more. Right. We'll live in a more lower cost of living area. We That's what's really happening. If you, I've seen a lot of my clients are like, look, mm -hmm. you know what? How about I just live with my in-laws for two years, save that money, and then I can get out of the house, and I don't need to, right? So that's what's happening. Like, It's not that people don't want to work. It's that... and. I see a lot of older people like, oh, no one wants to work. I was like, dude, you pay someone, you give them a good job, you give them a good salary, most people will work, right? Most people are not going to turn it down. It's just how yeah. it is. Like most people aspire a little more than just kind of sitting at home, right? And Two most of, of time, our best – go ahead. Yeah, two of your best employees? Are part-time. Yeah. Because they want to be. Yeah. One works remote. She wants to work remote, has kids. Yeah. And she's a rock star. And the other one works in my office. But she, we asked her, do you want to be full time or do you want to keep going? And we'll just give you a raise or whatever, you know? And she's like, no, I like my hours. Perfect. Yeah. Gave her a big boost. And uh, I mean, they make full time type of incomes. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, with respect, but uh, yeah, they love they love having their balance of watching raising kids or grandkids. Yeah, and you know, and, that's... and they kill it when they're here. I mean, they yeah. they never miss time. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing that people don't realize. It's uh, like that old school of like, hey, you gotta, you know, work hard. You know, I'm not saying don't work hard, but that you gotta give up your family. You gotta give up all these things. It's like people mm-hmm. are kind of challenging that, and it's like doing it for what? Doing it for a company that's going to furlough you or going to fire you. Mm. And then, you know, and you know, the thing is the executive never get touched. You know, the executive sal. it's one thing if like the executive, like, look, we're not going to take any money. We're going to make sure that, you know, and some companies have done that. Right. But other companies, it's just like, Oh, we're going to get bonuses. We, you know, they're going to do that thing and they can live on private jets. So I think the great resignation is really a shift just in how people think it's a shift in realizing that, look, there's more to life. And if I'm going to work, I want to get compensated properly because I've seen it. So many people were underpaid. Like I remember one of my, biz, uh, you know, someone I know, he got, let's say he was making like 60K, right? He was supposed to get a raise that year. They're like, oh, we have no budget for a raise, but he got a small bonus, right? Like five, six K. So he, okay, he understood. And then he found out that his boss told all the coworkers, out, don't tell him that you got raises. He did, you know, he didn't. He saw his boss's tax returns. He looked at, guy made like 400K. And it's like, dude, you couldn't give me, like, think about it. That means he gave you a zero. He couldn't give you a two. He mm-hmm. couldn't take 2,000 less in salary to give you a 2K raise. Like, you know, a measly. He couldn't even do that. You know, it just shows that I've seen a lot of people and I've seen the books where it's like they're making killings and they can't even give that employees. Like, their margins are so big. So a lot of people are just like, look, you have one life to live. You really got to live it for yourself. And then I would say, look, it's better to scale back your lifestyle. Use the extra time to learn a skill that's mm-hmm. more in demand. And you know what? The other thing is, like, retail. People are realizing, look, I don't want to work in a restaurant where I get cursed out by someone who wants to, <laughs> you know, because I'm just telling, look, I'm just an employee telling them, hey, these are the rules, and they get mad at me, or I get spit on, or I get harassed. They're like, look, screw that. I'm going to go work in tech where if I'm customer service, someone curses at me, I'm still at home in my pajamas. Who cares, right? So you're getting a lot of people who are like, look, these jobs are just not, they're just not it. Yeah, absolutely. Janiah, leave our audience with one last piece of advice or just something that's on your heart that you think that would be a benefit to them. Uh, let me see what would be a benefit. I think the biggest benefit that I would kind of see is like, I would say the biggest skill, one of the strongest skills I have is self-awareness. And I think self-awareness is a skill that regardless of what you do is very important to have. Like it's okay not to be good at everything. Just know what you're good at and hone in on your strengths. I think you don't have to do everything. Just do a few things well. I started succeeding more in my life when I started doubling down on my strength. There's some things I'm bad at, and I've stopped fighting it. Like, I know I'm not going to be good at those things, and it's okay, right? Obviously, I won't be so terrible at those things that will impact my life, but I'll be good at the things I'm good at, and that's what's going to make me successful. So a lot of times, people are, you know focus on their weaknesses so much. It's like, figure out what you're good at. Focus on that. Double down on that, and you can see that magical things will happen stay connected with Janaya. one of the ways you can do that is on instagram at no degree podcast you also can connect with him on linkedin where he's doing a lot of great things and has a lot of things to offer resources there janaya Iqbal. you can connect with him there on linkedin stay connected with us here on unscripted at unscripted leadership all social media platforms also check out our website on cryptic-leadership.com and of course listen to the podcast available on all streaming platforms again we say thank you 
to our special guest, Janiyat Iqbal, for coming on and having this amazing conversation on why a college degree does not define your success. As always, we pray that you be the leader that God has called you to be. We're here to build bridges and not walls. Bridges connect and walls divide. Until next time, God bless you.